So welcome to another episode of Beyond Four Walls. As usual, my name is Abel. I'm your host. And with me is Anthony. How are you doing? Good, good. God bless everybody. Um, and, and today we, as I always say, we have a special guest, uh, Nathanael. Um, Nathanael, you have a long bio, so I was going to let you kind of introduce yourself to the um, to the community and kind of just let, you know, let them know what you do. Oh, um, thank you guys for having me. First of all, um, like you mentioned, my name is Nathanael. I am uh, part of the duo Nathanael Giovanna, along with my wife, and um, been singing and ministering for 23 years now. Um, however, professionally, um, as a recording um, artist since I was 19 years old, so um, almost 20 years now. So uh, God's been good to us uh, the last few years. We've been able to just... Um, uh, our music has taken off, so we've been able to just travel around broadly and, and, and minister in many places, give conferences, and and just um, excited for the things that have happened and for the things that are to come. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and awesome. definitely just to kind of give the whole a preface, you can find his music anywhere that you, you listen to your music, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, um, and be excited in the next uh, couple months or you're going to be uh, releasing new music, is that correct? Yes, we're going to be releasing new music uh, starting now, um, next month, and then hopefully uh, every month after that for the next seven months. Super exciting. So it'll be a, sing a single per awesome. month. <laughs> That's super exciting. That's super exciting. Well, um, let's hop into it. Um, one of the things I'm really excited um, is because you are part not only of receiving the music, but creating the music that we listen to. Um, and from when i grew up i grew up in church uh to now music has the music the christian music genre has changed not only in types of music we create but also the popularity of the music so um as i would say you know i'm a personal um music has the the christian music genre has kind of the line has been blurred of what christian music is as it's it's been mixed a lot with you know a lot of you know it's been proved like with musically talent wise and all these other things, many times uh, that line can be blurred. So I, I guess I will start off with that to preface what we mean by Christian music. How would you define Christian music? So for me, um, and that's a, it's a fun question to ask because it's it's such a uh, if we subject today, right? Like you say, um, when we grew up, there was no such thing as what we consider Christian music or whatnot. It was, if you were saved and the music was about Jesus and you were Christian and anything that was not, was not Christian, yeah. right? Like there was no, this generation is more like, well, I mean, that person goes to church, so that makes it Christian. Yeah. Um, but we are coming into a new era of 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 music where, you, where like you were saying, where even um, people who are not believers are considered to be Christian music. So we have um, Christian music in the top of the billboards of people that are atheists, of people that are um, living lives of sin, openly lives of sin. Um, so for me, Christian music um, is and, and will always be, and again, it's a personal um, opinion on my end and, and a personal belief and conviction that I have, is any anyone that aligns to a life of Christ and a life that um, show, bears fruit of Christ and of his word, for me, that person creates Christian music. What do I mean by that? <clears throat> um, so um, does the music exalt Christ? Does it lead people to God? Does it 
um, lead me to a place of surrender, of, of humility, of worship, um, of exalting who God is. Um, and for me, music that does that is what I label Christian music, what feeds my spirit. And most importantly, um, what source that music comes from. So if just because you say it's a Christian song, if I know that your source or where you come from, it's not aligned to the word, for me, it's not Christian music, although it carries the name. So I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know if I'm being too broad. No, no, no. I I do have Um, a couple questions I want to ask about that. Sure. Um, First is, and then I'll let you, Anthony, jump in. First is, okay, so you're really big on source first, then lyrics, not lyrics and then source. Um, If it's source first and then lyrics, um, let's just say, uh, for example, just uh, to bring it up, um, Channel Moore mentioned recently that he wants to broaden his 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 making of music uh, to be able to right. to provide Christians with different types of music, not just about worshiping God. But he talked about that, you know, Songs of Solomon talks about love and there's other aspects of 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 the Bible that that, you know, many times Christian music, quote unquote, doesn't speak of. So to speak about that, you know, like if a Christian artist is making, let's say, you know, mu- romance music or things that don't strictly you know induce the act of worshiping would you still consider that christian music or christian making music i would consider that a christian making music um i'm not opposed to that i believe that we do need a uh, music um that for occasions for different things right like if i'm gonna if i'm gonna my daughter's it's two two and a half years old right now but for her quinceanero i'm not gonna walk her down the aisle to Levanto Mi Mano <laughs> from Samuel Hernandez. It, it, it doesn't make sense, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we'll still worship in a quinceanero ceremony, but I would like to walk my daughter down to a song that relates to that moment. Like, you know, you're my baby girl, God gave me to you, whatever the case may be. So I feel that there's songs that, that um, a Christian could do that are not necessarily worship per se or, or bring me, and I'm and, and glad you brought that question to clarify that. Um, I just think that when we decide to broaden ourselves too much, it's the act behind the broadening up, right? So it, it, or opening up. So um, I'm opening up to have different music, which is fine. I wrote love songs for my wife, and one day I may record. People have asked me to do so. <laughs> I, I haven't wanted to yet, but I have them, right? Yeah. So um, I may record them one day because you know people really are like, you should record it. It's amazing, um, and that's fine. I think that when we, when our whole focus becomes on, let me just make music that caters to um, other things, um, and we lose the focus on what we're called ultimately to do, that's when it becomes an issue. Uh, because ultimately, we're called to be worshipers and to bring music that brings people to God and vice versa. In the process, yeah, we add things, but when our whole process becomes I'm just making music for Christians to enjoy that outside of worship. I think then that's when it becomes dangerous. A slippery slope. Yeah, dangerous. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Anthony. Yeah. And, and that's really important because like you were just explaining, are we just making music to entertain us as believers? Because that, that's where we have to distinguish whether it's actual worship music that is used in our services or any event to, to, show our gratitude and our worship to God or is it just enterta- Christian entertainment and that that's the that's the most important way to distinguish because there's many Christian songs made by Christian art artists that don't 
that don't have that don't belong in like a service or something like that. They're just saying right. they're talking about I went through this, I went through that, but it's not technically a worship song because you're not worshiping God in this sense. You're saying, oh, this is my past, and I went through this, which you know, not saying that is bad or good. I'm just saying the that distinction between worship music and Christian music. There's a there's some difference. So. Just uh, to kind of continue on to this, so pausing on the source, so when a Christian makes music, quote unquote, that's not worship music, would it would it still be Christian music? Because, like for example, again, Saul of Solomon speaks about romance, and it's in the Bible, so we say it's a living word of God. So, wouldn't a romance song still be Christian music, but just not worship music? It's still Christian music, but just not you know like driving us for worship. It's just speaking about other aspects of the Lord. Yeah, and again, I um I feel that it's it's we we can write songs, uh, for moments and for occasions yeah. and for things that that we we need in life, right? We the Bible says that there's times for Solomon says there's time for everything. There's a yeah. time for for peace, time for war, a time for love, a time to hate. So there's time for for everything. So there are again circumstances where you want to be able to to um, use a song. Like if I'm gonna go on a date with my wife and I wanna you know. Like no offense to them, I love Abraham and Lisa, but there's barely any love songs except that. So when we get invited to weddings, we're always singing the same two songs from Abraham and Lisa because they're the only two yeah. Spanish singers that have really done that. And then you have to say which also does things like that yeah. as well. But it's not it's not common for us to have that many mm. options in a Christian yeah. wedding sense to have songs. So we do need songs and we do need music for that. And I believe that doing so in the right context is still worship to God because if we exalt love as the Bible states, it's still worship to God because we're saying, yeah. hey, love is good, but in the context of what God created. So if you're a married couple and you're singing a song to married couples and saying, hey, fight for your love, that's worship because you're telling God, hey, you're telling yeah. the people, fight for what God gave yeah. you because this is what God ordained. Um, again, for me, I feel like when we lose that focus of saying, hey, I'm crossing over now and the secular crowd is, is, is wanting me. So now I start putting my attention more into how can I cater to them and bring them to know my music rather than to, I'm making songs for the moments and the occasions that Christians can enjoy and we lose the, the track of what we're ultimately called for. But I, I believe that, you know, again, songs are, are, are made for occasions. Then there's also the other slope where people are like, well, if it's a love song and it's a clean song, it's okay to, to use it. Again, personal opinion. That's 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 what you feel. Yeah. All for you. Um, again, I, I I like to look at the source because I feel that just as a, as a songwriter, I pray and I go into the intimacy with the Holy Spirit and I tell the Lord, "What do you want me to write?" Um, and a lot of our songs are birthed through times of prayer, through times of intimacy with God. So my source is the presence of God, the intimacy with God, the Word of God. There's also sources where these people are getting their lyrics from. So where are these lyrics coming from and where do they lead us to at the end of the day? So that's how I like to. So to um, kind of talk about, uh, I guess, to say with the creation of music. Now, we, you know, there's always this new, a new genre or a new space that Christians say, oh, this is, you know, this isn't it. This is like, for example, when reggaeton came out, people were like, oh, that's, that's right. like, <laughs> do you agree, though, that there's certain genres that because the whole point of the genre is to bring something negative, that that's not something we should even dabble into. Ah, uh, that's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 um, 
I have family members that do reggaeton Christian music. Um, and, and that's been a cause of, of a lot of questions because like people ask me all the time, do you agree? Do you not? I feel that, um, the God is a creator ultimately of, of music. Um, and obviously when you study the Bible, when the enemy was created, he was created as, as the angel of worship, as the angel that created music and, and he ran music. So he knows the power of music. However, I believe that creativity and um, and all things that come from the art are created by God. And when you study more in depth, um, and I studied this in, in my, my Christian university and it just blew my mind, all of music and the arts were ran and controlled by the church, everything. If you wanted to see an art or a play, the church would be the one that would do the play back in the 1800s. If you wanted to go to a concert, the church were the ones that can host concerts. The church was the only ones that can write music. The church was the only one that can, you know, create, you know, choirs. That's why even till now, you hear that a lot of the songs that were sung in by these kings and in front of these kings were stuff like, ah, hallelujah, ah, they were not safe per se, but it's because the church had a monopoly of everything that was in the arts. Um, when you study in deeper, movie theaters were controlled by the church. But in the late 1800s, a super conservative group got up and began to say that that was not godly and that the church was too distracted in that. So the church let that go and the enemy took over the reins. And now we see what has happened with entertainment, where now it's like a complete control of the works of the enemy and anything that the church has to bring out, it's almost like it's, it's suppressed. So I feel that God is the creator of everything when it comes to artists, because he's the artistic. The enemy is not a creator. Mm. He can't create. He could just imitate. Yeah. So he could only imitate from what he's seen, from what he can. It, it's so crazy because I even heard a preacher one time said, and it kind of blew my mind. I was like, wait, that makes it. It was not, it was not in the Bible per se, but it made sense. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, my yeah. God. Because he's like, you know. When you look at this uh, at nightclubs and you see that the disco ball and it's all these lights and it's, it's flashing, he's like the enemy copies that from heaven because the Bible says that out of the light of God, it's flashes of light coming constantly, and it's so much for the angels that they have to cover their eyes and and every time they look they say holy because it's so much that the flashes of lightning and light that are coming out. So he's like the enemy imitates that and wants to bring that into the people and say I can give you this better. But what he does, he just gives you scraps and lies and fantasy instead of allowing you to experience a real thing because all he could do is imitate. So when somebody can't create but imitate, he's going to get from what he knows who can create it and bring uh, a counterfeit product on it. Yeah. So I believe that music, when it's done for the Lord, when it's done in the right sense, when it's done with the right purpose, and when it's done not losing our identity, could be used to glorify God. I've been to many concerts where rap and reggaeton artists uh, sing and minister, and I'm blessed by it. Um, I know some people are like, I can just leave the air, so I came out of that, and you know, yeah. I did it. I've been on my life in church. Yeah. So when I hear reggaeton, I don't want to go down and perrear. I'm just like, <laughs> you know, like, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I think that we, we, we trivialize those things, and at the end of the day, God, God will, will use different things to reach different people. Um, yeah. and not everybody speaks the same language. And that's why even Paul said, and again, people take it to a whole extreme. Paul said, I made myself a, 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 a Jew to the Jews and a Gentile to the Gentiles so that I may save some. And then people are like, oh, so are you going to make yourself a prostitute to, to save the prostitutes? No. 
you're not you're not lowering yourself into a life of sin. Yeah. You're making but yourself you are, relatable. You're making yourself relatable in the culture that they know that they can speak to and and say, which is what, what Paul did when he went to I believe it was Athens, and he said, Hey, I noticed that you guys have many gods here. And I noticed that you guys have many, many idols here. He didn't go over there like, oh, you fire and brimstone, you're going to go to hell because he said, yeah. hey, and, but I noticed that you have one place of, and it says to the God unknown or to the unknown God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He took their culture and what they saw every day and what they experienced every day and what they knew and said, can I speak to you about that empty place you have for the unknown? I can speak to you about the unknown God, the God that you can't see, but the real living true God. And he was able to preach the gospel by using the culture and the and the and the and the, and the place that he was at in the surroundings. So I feel that when we keep that in mind and don't change who we are, we can reach what the people that we want to, that God needs to reach, regardless of where we're at. It, um, quickly, I'm, I'm actually gonna pass this to Anthony because I know you mentioned a few times the source, the source, the source. Many people, you know, there's there's a you know when especially like there's a lot of gospel artists and stuff like that that will bring like a famous you know, let's say, quote-unquote, secular artists to write a song with them. You know, there's quite a few of them. And many people say that's an opportunity for them to hear the gospel. Why not do that? And there's also people that say God uses, a, you know, uses the donkey, he uses a tree. Like, he can use anyone to spread the gospel. So who are we to say it has to be a Christian source? So, Anthony, like, what do you, where do you view that, like, obviously there's some – truth to the source has to be true but at the same time that god can use anyone how do you kind of balance balance that well to answer that, i would piggyback off what he's saying is that we have to you know god created all of it and it's proved by the history that he that he just told us the the church was in control of everything and we lost that control and the world and the enemy took it over. So could you imagine if if the church was in control of it now, we would be running pretty much the world, entertainment, every, everything. Because if, if we think about it, art is what runs the world, right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's what runs the economy. We want to buy, oh, that, that shirt looks nice. Uh, that music, movies, it all influences the whole world, whether it's culture, whether it's finance, whether... so. Imagine if the church was still in control of that and we can dictate and enforce the world to be molded by by biblical principles. Well, ultimately God created, then we would be in a completely different world. And that's real important to understand is that God can God created it all and he uses it all. Just like you were saying that that the the music back in in the 1800s and all that was a lot of horns and harps and stuff like that now we don't when those mission when when the protestants came over and they started preaching to the caribbean indians and all that what were they used to playing drums and and hitting sticks and stuff so so the instrument the music changed but the spirit of god was still in it and and then we see the, the Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, they use guida, they use drums, they use bongos and stuff like that. And and these people weren't using it back in those times. So that was the 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 culture of the of those people. You, you, you we have to adapt and use because if if we stay in the old using old methods, we won't be able to the contact the people just like Paul. Yeah. And and that's how it is now. Like now everything's done on a computer. We're not 
most people aren't using actual instruments on a computer. So, yeah, it, it, the 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 method might change, but God is still God has to be in it, and He's the one that that carries. No matter whether it's in on a on a drum kit on a computer, yeah, it's all God in now, it. Now, but what do you think? I know when it comes specifically to like, like He was saying, an artist just writing a Christian song does. Do does the source coincide with the with the message, or because God could use anyone, the source itself doesn't really matter. Now, I really want to say I want to say uh, to add to that. Um, one of the things I want to like push back is many times we think the source is clean, and then five years, ten years down the road, there comes out this uh, story. This person did this back behind closed doors, but they were able to control their image. So. Um, I'll pass it to you, Anthony, and I'll pass it to you, Nathan. How do we truly know what's a good source? Is it, it so? I'll go first with you, Anthony. Can uh, does the source really matter? It does, but like you're saying, the problem is that you know we're all men. The Bible tells us not to conf- not to confide, not to believe in men, because men is going to fail. So that's what we have to remember. That yeah. So and so may be the best singer, the best rapper, the best composer, the best producer, and God gave him a talent and a purpose to use that. But we have to remember that it's God. God created it all. So all if we think about it, people as creatives, all we're doing is taking a, a piece of God and trying to form it into something and then putting it out to the world. But we gotta remember it's only a piece of God. None of us here have uh, understand God completely, and we we know what He's gonna do, what He does. So we're just taking a piece of His creativity and molding it into whatever purpose and whatever ability He has. So it's you know it's when it comes to that is like that's why we have to try to you know it's hard as humans to separate the work from the person, but at the end of the day we're all human and we're all susceptible to falling. And, and so does that void? Cause at the time we may have been right in, in, in God's eyes and then something happened. So it's hard to say that that voids what that person was doing at that time. Yeah. So because in the present circumstances, they're yeah. not. So it's hard to, to get to that. Yeah. So what, what do you say about that? Nathan? Cause I mean, people, you know, they, they're Christians on the outside, but behind closed doors, you know, they're doing a lot of things that we would condemn, but they just don't right. show it publicly. So how do we, I know, I know you're saying, and I agree with you. Source is really important. You know, it's, I would say it's, it's, it's less common to, for like, it was a, is a reason why the story of the donkey speaking is such a unique story because it's not common. So it's not something where we're like, Oh, mm-hmm. every Christian, non-Christian could just write mu- Christian music. It doesn't matter. Like that's right. not a common place, but right. at the same time, we do have, you know, not just Christian art, but preachers and things like that, that were preaching, but at behind closed doors were a whole separate thing. So right. how do you, how do you filter when the unknown? Right. I think that, um, um, and again, the, the, it, with, with these subjects and 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 the broadness of the what we have now, right? Because even with social media, it's so broad now. Life has changed so much in the last twenty last twenty years. Before social media came along, you didn't really know the life of a, a singer or a minister. 
you would only know when they were coming to your area and there was a flyer put out and if you bought a CD at a bookstore, but you couldn't follow a day-to-day life of these people and see what their daily life was like we could do today. I think that um, the Bible does say, you know, test the spirits and, 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 and look for the fruits. And when we do um, and when we follow people, I think as much as people try to hide, there's always indications there all along. There's always things that will pop up that will allow you to feel there's something not right here. Something is not clicking here because there's so much you can hide and there's so much that you can act, right? Um, sooner or later, you're going to start revealing who you really are because the Bible says that out of the abundance of your heart, the, the mouth speaks. And and you begin to see with actions, with um, who you follow, the way you act, the way, what you post, uh, the way, do you, do you serve anywhere? Do you congregate anywhere? Uh, are you a submissive person? And I was talking about this on this past weekend in the worship conference where I had to minister, where when we grew up to minister somewhere, there was like a whole thorough process for you to even get there. You had to send letters. You had to, you know, have your pastor, but the mm-hmm. pastor had to call your pastor. There was like, hey, is this person really who he is? We've prayed about it, but we not only do we feel okay, but we want to make sure that he's living in a standard of, of where God is calling us to be. However, yeah, there's people that will, will go through the emotions and you won't be able to see what's really in their heart. But when there's people that blatantly are living a life that's opposed to God, I think the Bible is very clear when it comes to ministry and when it comes to those who serve for his kingdom. Um, and it goes from the Old Testament to the New Testament. There has to be a separation. There has to be a sanctification. Uh, in the Old Testament, we see that he separated the Levites and they had to go through process of purification and process of, and even then you have the sons of Eli that were doing bad things in front of the Lord, mm-hmm. you know, and God took, you know, um, judgment upon them. And we see that throughout the process, it was always God putting a standard. But then in the New Testament, God begins to speak, hey, you know, those who serve, uh, those who are bishops, those there's, there's standards to serving in the house of God. And when we let that line go and we say, hey, we know that you're not here, but it's okay for you to come and be part of this. My problem is not letting that person be part of it. The problem is that you let that person be part of it because of who they are, but you don't let the other person that just came from the world and converted in your church know because you're not ready. Hmm. So why is somebody, just because they're known and they have a name, okay for for them to sit with you and write a song and be part of a song that's going to be sung in a pulpit just because of their name? They haven't even accepted the Lord. You just wanted them to join you because they have a name, but somebody that just came from the street that converted yesterday, they're not um, able to because they're not ready and they haven't been processed. So then the fact is not getting people to come and worship and allow them to worship. The fact is, let me connect my name to a known name so that my name could become greater. Yeah, yeah. I, <clears throat> Does that make no, sense? It, it makes sense. It makes it's it, it's one of those things where like as we get closer to God, more more our eyes are illuminated to the things that we should that are unseen. You know, only God can see the heart and see the intentions. At the end of the day, that's why we need to lean on Him even more because that's where it allows us to be able to be illuminated to, to see the right. fruits and being able to see that. Um, China switching, and that's what I mean with that with that thing. Yeah. And it's hard to do yeah. that last part. And if the case was, I just want to bring this person to God, then it should be a, a, a level playing field where anybody that comes from the street or from the world could just jump on and yeah, mm-hmm. and serve in ministry because. But that's not again. That's not the 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 heart behind the, the intentions. Yeah, objective. Yeah, yeah. The intention is, yo, you have a big name. If I connect mm-hmm. with you, you're gonna you people are gonna know me. Yeah. 
So let me bring you along. And and that's when we begin to, because like you said, God balances the heart and God can see. And we can have from anybody. The heart, yeah. So, you know, a few artists um, as of recent kind of mentioned that they don't want to be labeled Christian singers or Christian rappers or Christian XYZ, whatever genre they're in. What is right. your like, like, for I mean, if we look at other positions and other occupations, you don't say you're a Christian plumber. You just say you're a plumber. You know, if you're a banker, you just say you're a banker. Do you and and they mentioned that? Do you do you think there should be a necessary extra label when it comes to that profession of of an artist that you should be a Christian singer, or a Christian rapper, or is do you think that's unnecessary as well? Um. Again, and, and I've had this conversation recently where somebody told me I'm not necessarily a, a, an artist, a Christian artist. I'm an artist that happens to be Christian. It, it's it's the it's the nature of our calling that makes it different. The nature of our calling is is to worship, right? To lead people to worship. Um, I, I, again, as I see myself when God called me to do music was to lead people to him. For me to say I'm a Christian artist, I am setting myself um, in a place to let people know I have certain standards that I follow. I, I, I do a certain kind of music because that's what I've been called to do. Um, and, and again, most people that, that say, Oh, oh, I'm not a Christian artist. I'm just an artist that happens to be a Christian. The reason they say that is because they don't want to be labeled or put into a box. Why? Because I want more people to follow me. Mm. Yeah. Again, and it goes back to the intention. Are we doing this for God or are we doing this to exalt ourselves? And I was preaching again about this this weekend because it was a, a, a conference of worship when Paul and Barnabas um, are in Lystra and they heal a man and the people of the city began to say, gods in the images um, of man have come down to us. Let us offer sacrifice. Let us worship them. And the title of my message was, don't let people worship you. Mm. Because the point that we were called for is to lead people to worship Christ, is to lead people back to him. So when I don't want to be labeled as a Christian artist, it's because I want more people to come and follow me, follow my name, follow my music. And these are conversations that I've had with the Lord in intimacy because God told me last year, you got to break up a contract that I had with this uh, company that was distributing our music and, and pretty much there was a lot going on and our music was going to go higher. And we were getting um, talks about maybe getting nominated for a Grammy and, you know, things that I've always dreamed of as a singer, you know? And like I said, I've always said, people come out talking about, Oh, I'm going to do music, and if one person hears it, then that was enough for me. That's a lie. <laughs> if we're honest, you're a liar. You're a liar. You're a liar. You're not investing yeah. time, money, sacrifice for one person to hear it. You're investing mm -hmm. money for your song to hit on the radio, to be the top 10, to be top number one, to go concerts. You want your music to hit. And when you've worked so hard, like we've worked so hard, and it gets to a point where you're finally reaching that place, that pinnacle that you're like, this is it, you know? Yeah. And, 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 I, and I remember, and I was, I was like, you know, they're like, hey, all these conversations, and we're going to get this, and we're going to connect you. And suddenly the Holy Spirit tells me, I didn't call you to win Grammys. Oof. Oof. And I, You're like, I literally Do you want said, to repeat that? Are you sure? Uh... <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I said, I rebuke you, devil. <laughs> I, I rebuke the devil. I was like, my friend, Diablo, this is the devil talking because he's mad about what God is about to do. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit said, no, it's not the devil. It's me. I didn't call you to win Grammys. 
So I began to negotiate because again, mm. I'm not an artist. I'm a worshiper that was called by God for a certain purpose. Mm -hmm. Back in 20 years ago, we wouldn't even use the word artist. That's something that came out now because again, we want to be so connected to the world that anything that resembles Christ or anything that brings us close to Christ. And because we don't want people to label us a certain way, then we want to take it out of the equation because being a Christian is these days is being uncomfortable to the world. Yeah. So anything that brings us to that, it's like, no, 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 let me not say that because then I don't want to get canceled. But then we're losing what God called us to be. So the Holy Spirit began to tell me, I didn't call you for this. And I began to negotiate, but God, other people have won Grammys. If I do this, more people are going to hear the music. More people are going to hear the message. If I do this, these features, more people are going to, you know, are going to hear. You know, we start negotiating what we think we want and what we think is good. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit told me, I didn't call you for that. I called you to be a light in the midst of the darkness to lead people into deliverance, to lead people into salvation, to lead people into restoration. And I had to come to the realization that it's not about me. And I had to let go after the sixth time that the Lord spoke to me and said, <laughs> you know what I told you already. Yeah. And if you don't, you know, because God will let you like, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah, yeah. That for a little bit, but it came to a point that he was like, it's, it's decision time. Either you're for me or you're not. Either you serve me or you're not, but you can't serve two masters. Because right now you're trying to serve me and you're trying to serve your own ego. Mm. Mm. And I had to make the decision. And I'm telling you, I had to cry. I imagine. But in February no, no. of this year, you know, in February of this year, in the altar of my church, I had to let it go. And I said, Lord, if I, don't, if I don't make it to the nations and if thousands of other people don't hear my music and if the music doesn't go in a Grammy, then I don't want to spend my life saying that I am a Christian besides what being an artist that I'm a Christian and get to heaven and hear the words depart from me. Cause I never knew you mm. yeah. because the Bible does say, but in your name, we did this in your mm -hmm. name. We did this. I yep. never knew you. That for me is more important yeah. than whatever I can get here. Yeah. And I, you know how, so, you know, you obviously had speaking right now, you had a very clear cut of what God's level of, quote-unquote fame he wants you to achieve how 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 do you manage that because obviously if you are successful you know that naturally happens like how do you control like all right let me not be too good so i don't want to grab me like how do you how do you control that in a sense of like obviously i want to make good music i want to give the best to the people that are going to listen to me and obviously the better you invest and the better you get at your craft but you know obviously the goal is that more people are going to like your music so how do you balance God saying, hey, I want you at this level, but you're, you know, you doing what God's calling you to do and being good at it brings you possibly to a higher. How do you balance that fame? Right. So I think I think ultimately God wants our whole heart. Right. So I, I think what in this process that God has been purging me and and and, and leading me through. He's not saying it's not that I'm opposed to you being famous or that I don't want to take you to greatness. I just don't want you to sell yourself while you do so. Mm. Mm. So he told me, trust me. And the last time that, that he spoke to me in Tampa in, in December of last year, the last word was, was, you know, I, I went, we went to a church and, um, and it happened to be a Methodist church. And if you know about the different denominational denominations, Methodists are not so charismatic for the most part. Mm -hmm. They're very chill. They're very, you know, very methodical, yeah. very organized in their programs. Now this church, I mean, we started like ministering and the Holy Spirit just 
took over. Started moving in a way that I was like, what's going on yeah. here? Like, people were laying on the floor. People were like, wow. It was like, I mean, we couldn't even get through our set. So I, I'm, I'm a person that I respect ministries. And, you know, I come from a Pentecostal background where people, as soon as they see that, they're like, all right, this is my time to shine. Yeah. Forget mm-hmm. the preacher. So I'm yeah. like, no, 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 no. I respect that somebody got ready to come and give a word. So I stopped and I said, I don't want to do it. I'm just going to leave this right here and I'm going to let the preacher come up. He comes up. He's like, I don't know what to do. Because, I mean, what God is already doing here. But when he gets down, he, he's like, can I pray for you? And, and I said, yes. And he says, I already told you that you're different. And that I am the one that will take you to where I have to take you. And that you cannot depend on men to do so. And I need you to break off and do what I've told you to do. Like break off that contract and follow what I told you to do. And I will take care of you. And I'm like, ah, but it's so easier when, when, when you have, you know, this like label kind of like pushing Yeah, support. You, right? you the know? support, yeah. Support. Yeah. You don't got to do it on your own. But what happens? I decided to trust God and I said, God, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll follow you. I'll trust you. I've been working hard on this music, but I'll trust you. Regardless of when, we, when we, our music started really hitting big, we were doing events of thousands of people and I didn't have a promoter. I didn't have a promotion company. So it was almost like God saying, you didn't need it then. Why do you need it now? Mm, you know? Yeah. I was like, all right. But I've seen in the, the last seven months that with the new songs we've released, without having that push, we, we started going into radio stations that we had not been able to go. Right now, on Sunday, I just found out we're top 10 in 57 radio stations in the United States with wow. one of our new songs. In radio stations that I, we hadn't been to the California side of, of the West Coast, and, and that we're in over 37 radio stations in, that, in California in the top 10. Wow. Arizona, Utah, Idaho. We just got word last week that we were nominated for of the year in the praise awards in Colombia. Oh wow. Like I'm like, what? Where, <laughs> where is this coming from? Yeah. It's the Holy Spirit telling me, I told you I, I'll take care of you. Yeah. I told you seek me and I'll take take care of you. So I feel that ultimately God just wants our heart. He he tells you I want to bless you, but I don't want to lose your heart in the process. Yeah. So submit to me, humble yourself to me, trust me in the process. So that your music, I'll bless it. I'll open the doors that I need to open. I'll take you to the place I got to take you. And one of the last words that God gave me was three weeks ago here in Haines City, where a, a preacher from the Dominican Republic came and she said, because you trusted me, open up your hands, says the Lord, because you trusted me. I sit you with kings and mayors and I, and I, and I put you on platforms because you did not sell what I gave you. This lady doesn't even know me. She doesn't know what the conversation I had with the Lord, mm-hmm. but God knew that I, I told them I'll do it. So that quote-unquote fame and where God wants to lead you, I don't know for sure because I feel that if God were to show us, we would be like, hey, you Either know, I try feel to, that yeah. he just wants... You'll try to make it yourself or you you wouldn't believe in right. it. Yeah. He, he just saying, trust me. Seek me and I'll take care of yeah. you. Yeah. Yep. And I'll open the doors I got to open. So. Yeah. No. That, go ahead, Anthony. That That's one thing I've always... As of late, I try to emphasize, because just like you, you know, I was raised in Pentecostal church, and we've heard it a hundred times. During a service, the pastor or whoever would say, okay, now comes the important part of the service. And we've diminished the worshiper and the musicians and that part of it, because we're so egotistic that we want something from the Lord. So we want the Lord to speak to us. So we've categorized the preaching as the most important part because I want to hear from God. I need a word. So 
But just like in the tabernacle, the presence of God didn't come down if the if the priest didn't offer the perfect sacrifice and the incense to go up to heaven. Then that moved God to. So the only reason God speaks to us is because we've taken that that first part of the service to praise and to worship him. And because we've exalted him, now we've made him move from his throne and speak to us. And then we've we've gotten to this place where we put so much emphasis on the preaching. And yeah, the preaching is awesome, but we got to remember that the only reason we have to preach now is because Adam sinned. But had Adam not sinned, we would have, we were created to worship. We would have been worshiping regardless. So that's, that's what I always try to, to remind myself and whoever I speak to is that the importance of, of the, of the worshiper of the music has to be, we have to remind ourselves that it's higher than, 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 than the ego of, I want to hear from God and okay. You want to hear from God, but what are you bringing to him? What are you praising? What are you, what are you bringing? What's your what is the offering that exactly? What is the sacrifice that you're bringing so that he can, so that you can move him? Yeah. If you're just coming just to be entertained and okay, now, now I want to hear from God. Yeah. You can hear the whole preaching. Nothing's going to change. Yeah. And, and, and then we got to remember that you guys are, are the priest of old and the priests were in charge of, they were held to, to go back to the, the question of earlier, the priests, the Levites, they were held to a higher standard. They couldn't cut their hair. They couldn't cut their beard. They had to be on a strict diet because those were, those were the instruments of God. They didn't, it was so crazy that they didn't even have, a, a they didn't even have land because that's one of the 12 tribes. That's the only tribe that didn't have land that the other tribes had to, had to provide for them. And they stayed in. So, that's the importance that he he the job of the of the worshiper of the priest was so important to God that he wanted the rest of the tribes to take care of them so they didn't have to worry about anything else just worshiping God. Yeah. It's it's a unique thing. Um but being in this industry and gaining success uh you know brings his cons but also brings his benefits and we're you know it's, it's a reality, you know. You you mm-hmm. you put your music in Apple Music, you get a cut from that. You know there's there's realities of the right. money you make. How do you a business side how do you it. balance that business side of things? Like where like you know, like there's artists that like are making millions of dollars that are Christian. And how do you like is that something where like like some people feel iffy about it? Like, should a Christian artist even be making that much money? Should they charge? Should they do how do you balance like okay. Lord let it be me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lord let it be me. No. Um, I think that at the end of the day it's also work, right? You you're working a sacrifice. Um, I think people see recording so easily. They think it's something you just, you know, get up one day and say, hey, let's go to record and, you know, let's get a couple guys together. And we did this in two hours. And they don't see that, that amount of time, sacrifice, money that it's invested. Our last production, we've invested easily over $50,000. Easily. It's not cheap, you know. It's a lot of sacrifice. And um, I don't see that as bad at all. Like, I, it hurts me, actually, when I see people criticizing Christians that make a lot of money because they have a book like, oh, um, there's an example. And, and again, it's not like, I'm not his fan. Um, Stephen Furtick, right? Yeah. I, I'm i not really a fan. Like, honestly, not just, I don't, I'm not because I don't like him. I just, it's not somebody I listen to often, but mm-hmm. he has books and he's made well and, and people criticize, oh, you know, he's, you know, making all this money out of the people. He should be ashamed of himself. So does Taylor Swift. 
So does Bad Bunny. So does Beyonce. Why don't we criticize them? Because they're making they're making their living off the people and way more. Yeah, exactly. Because people are over here selling their houses to go see an, a Taylor Swift concert, like mm-hmm. <laughs> literally emptying their bank accounts. But yeah. the moment that Christian does it, they did the same amount of work. They worked hard. They worked on their book. They got their education. They worked on their music. So if the labor of what you did in turn brings you um, um, wealth, praise the Lord, as long as your heart stays humble and knowing that what you have belongs to the Lord. Um, we've come, thankfully we've come to a place where we make a good amount in royalties. We're not rich at all. Like we're way far from it. But at least we, we see some something decent coming in like, oh, well, praise the Lord because, you yeah. know, and because now, again, it's been years, so multiple CDs and multiple things will get a certain amount of royalties and YouTube channel and, and stuff. And and if the Lord blesses us, we've worked we've worked hard for it, you know? We've also sacrificed, and, and that's fine. There's also a side of it, like you were saying, people charge to, 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 to go places and to present themselves. I don't see that as bad either. Why would you expect somebody to go always for free and, and do something for free? And, and we have this mentality of you got to live by faith. Is this because um, they pull up Paul's? What Paul said is what the is like that key. You know, he says, "I came with this, I came with that. I could charge, but I don't charge." Just to, you know, just like there's a there's these examples of New Testament disciples see, doing it, which I think it it pushes people to say, "Oh, if they did it, why we standard. Yeah, the standard? If they did it and they were closest to Jesus, why would you not do it?" Type of thing. Yeah, but but well, the, the thing we forget is that he also said, "You reap my spiritual." gifts or benefits so it's only right that i reap your carnal as well so he right. was and and yeah and there's also a fact that that was not the only yes he said that once but there was other times that he would tell the churches hey i'm going and you need to get ready because i'm going meaning you know have food have a place for me to stay mm-hmm. have, but people omit those verses because it's not convenient to what they want to push mm-hmm. there's some places that he's like hey yeah i'm going to become a tent maker because i need to i need to i don't want to depend on you guys but if you really read the whole verse, he's saying, I I have the right to charge. I have the right for this, but I'm not going to do it because I don't want you guys to think over here like, oh, he did it for that. That was a personal decision he made. Not because God told him, you can't do this. And when you read the verses, he literally says, I have a right to this, but I chose not to because I don't want you guys to, you know, then come over mm-hmm. here talking about, oh, you did it because of the money. But that was a decision he made. That was a personal decision that I can't preach now and tell everybody that does it, you're going to help because you're not doing it out of the free will of your heart. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't feel that's fair. I, people get mad at me because my wife and I, we do have certain requirements when we go places. And people are like, oh, oh, you know, you need to live by faith. Oh, I, I have family. I have bills. I have mortgage. Why is it bad for me to want to know what my budget is going to be for the month so that I can prepare accordingly? Right? It's 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 the Bible says that wicked is he who does not provide for his family. He's more wicked than the the one in the world. So mm-hmm. I feel that the problem becomes when you want to again take advantage and abuse of the people of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- if that makes sense. No, it does. I think one of the things, the biggest issue is how we manage the economics of a Christian in general, where we think ten percent is all we should give. Going back to the example of the Levites, didn't have land not because, not not because they didn't deserve it, but it was because the rest of the people, everyone was responsible to giving it to them. In opposed mm-hmm. to now, where we're like, no, we're not giving you things. This is all our money. We're not going to give anything to you. 
And I think if the church truly gave as they should, then in natural, true, maybe you would have had to charge it because the, the body of Christ in itself has given you enough where you could just focus on your music that like you could go anywhere and it's already quote unquote paid for. Because I think the right. system's so like, we barely want to even give 10%. Because of that, now it's an added problem like, okay, I need a charge because the the whole economic system that your church is so weak, which is a, such a big part, that it makes it now you have to step into doing managing it yourself. I would say, if that right, and I feel that, and that makes perfect sense what you said. And I think that the root of that comes into the mis mis um management of funds in the churches, yeah. because I've noticed that churches that manage their funds well never have an issue when to bring us or because we put an honorarium, or because we have certain requirements. When a church manages their, their funds well, there's, they always expect like, okay, that's that's good, that's understandable. Because they understand that there is a process to this. Like, it baffles me that there's people that want me to bring my whole band at six people, encore, you know, a, a group, and they're like, well, we'll see what we give you when I give you. <laughs> I gotta take these guys out of work. Yeah. They got wives, they got kids. And then you want me to fly them in on Thursday night, so they gotta miss work Friday, they gotta miss work on Monday. That's two days they gotta miss because your event runs to Sunday night. And then it's kind of like, well, let's see what they gave us, guys. And then hopefully your wife doesn't come back and say, yo, we're out. You know, like it's not, it doesn't make sense that we wanna work in this sense of like, and, and, and again, they try to make it up, uh, they, they try to make it about faith, and it's not faith, it's irresponsibility. Yeah. It's irresponsibility and it's bad and it's bad um managing of what God gave you. If I'm gonna bring a guest, if I'm gonna bring a singer, then I gotta budget accordingly. I gotta get ready. I know that I'm bringing somebody out from a different state. I gotta think of also the state I live in. We've gone to churches in Nebraska where people's rents are five hundred dollars. Praise God. That's not my story. Like you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the cities, you know, I used to live in Chicago where rent for a two bedroom apartment was like two thousand dollars. Like your the place where you're at and what you think is good for you is not going to necessarily be good for the person you're bringing if they come from a place where the cost of living is up the roof so i think that people need to be responsible and understand that if you have a singer or a minister or somebody that comes and they have a, a certain requirement of honorarium um i think that again try to see their heart for it is this person just trying to take advantage or if it's or are they really being fair in what they're asking and and if you feel like hey you know what which we've had a lot of people tell us you know what you guys were were very fair to us you guys um you can tell in your heart this is not about the money but you want to cover your people and that's and that's fair and that's good and that's honorable and i think that people will see your your heart and and there, there won't be a problem other people curse, curse us out and send us very bad emails and tell us that we're going to go to hell and that you know it happens but anthony happens. anthony you want to say something yeah man the problem is that we've misunderstood what the bible is the bible is about a king a kingdom and its children a kingdom doesn't run on on hope on faith on none of that a kingdom runs on everybody having a different job everybody executing their job and running this this system to better the kingdom so in a kingdom there have to be farmers there have to be soldiers there everybody has a job and that that's the you know we we have this in common we all grew up in hispanic pentecostal church and they they did it because that's what they knew how to do and that's you know 
that's how it worked back then. And, you know, not to bash, not to bash it, but that's how they did it in this time. But now we know that a church should not be sustained by selling patelillo, by selling empanada. That's, yeah, that's fine. We we did that back then, but the the church should be sustained by tithes and offering. Right, people. Now, if they want to do events to raise money, sure. But the priority, the, the main income of, of a of a ministry of a church needs to be offerings and, and tithing. And it's like, that's the problem. We've grown up in, in, you know, that's what they say about the poor man's mentality. He's always thinking, making poor decisions, making, and that's, be, if anything, that speaks more about living by faith than, than, than what we, we've been taught by. When you're, when, when God trusts you to release whatever he's given you in your hand, you, you better trust that he's going to double it, triple it so you can keep giving. The reason we weren't, the church hasn't been, you know, speaking specifically how we were raised. We, it's been so long, you know, they're selling patelillo for decades and decades and they haven't been able to finish the project they're doing. It's because of that, because they're in this, in this mentality that, oh, we got to save every penny. We can't. We can't really give offering. We can't do this because we're just saving to build this little, yeah. this temple that's just a little bit bigger. And I've seen that now in the new church that I'm going to. I've been in a new church for about a year and a half. It's like completely different. That misconception that, you know, I was raised, oh, if you go to a big church, you're just going to be another number. You're, you're, you're not going to be able to do anything. You're just going to be another one of the sheep. That's opened my eyes to... And, and the amount of money that is released is just a testament of how much God gives back. Because we're yesterday we had midweek service, and and they stated that for the uh, Hawaii efforts with the fire, yeah, we sent out fifty thousand dollars, and that just happened a few months oh. ago. So yeah. the the God sees when when. When we have something on our hand, we're willing to give it away to bless somebody else, to bless others. He's gonna bless it, bless it back, and that's right. why. And, yeah. And Anthony, sorry to interrupt. I think you hit the nail when you said that it's the poor man's mentality. Uh-huh. A poor man's mentality would say, "I'm wasting money. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. spend money on this preacher, on this singer." Mm-hmm. But a person that's mentality is different says, "I'm investing exactly into my ministry." I'm investing into bringing this man of God, this woman of God, to bless my church. Because when I invest in my church, in return, there's going to be a, a, a reaping of that investment. Mm-hmm. So when you switch that mindset and say, I'm not going to waste on this. I'm going to invest in bringing a resource to my church that's going to bless my church. And that is going to bring something to my church that I can't bring them on my own. Because that's exactly. you bring resources. Yeah. To teach your church, to give them something that you wouldn't normally a get. Different perspective. So, to push back and then uh, on to you, Nathaniel. Um, not, not, not. Probably wouldn't even make sense for you, but different artists obviously charge different and might have higher prices. But a church in response could say, "Is you need these higher prices because you you've invested in 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 self indulging things that require you now to have to raise your price to afford with your lifestyle." Like if I have a big house, if I have nice cars, now I need to raise my price because I need to afford these nice house and nice cars. Right. So in response to that, I, I mean, I know you were specific into your situation. What do you say to that? Like, yeah, 
there is some sort of fairness, but at the same time, why do I have to pay for your own self-indulgence of wanting nice things? Right, right. Um, and, and, and that's a great point. And I, I was making that point this weekend as well. Um, not only in your daily living, they want to live and in, indulged in the weekend that I'm bringing you. Like some of these requirements are like, we need a Mercedes, you know, 16 passenger van. A Mercedes 16 passenger van? Like, like I get the hotel. If you ask me for, hey, a clean hotel that's four or five star, whatever. I get that because you want to go back and rest well. And if you're in the United States, the hotels are not too crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But when when you go into this like list of things that I'm like, okay, like this specific, you know, um, mic with this specific thing and if the smoke doesn't come out with this specific light. And it's just like, really? Like, you really need all these things to make your participation successful? Um, I, I That's where, for me, I, it begins to clash. Because I feel like, again, we, we have requirements. I travel with a band and we've gone to big events. Um, <clears throat> our biggest being 40,000 people. There are certain things that you need to, to make certain things work Happen. well. Logistically. And, and that's fine, yeah. logistically. But there are things that are not are really not needed. You're just trying to be living the life. Extra. And, yeah. and, extra. And, <laughs> that's extra. it. You're trying to be extra. So, yeah, yeah I think it's... Like, I don't got to go around the city finding you this specific water that only one store sells somewhere in the... Bo- no. Like, yeah. There has you know to be a balance. And, and, yeah. yeah. There has to be a balance. And I feel like that is true. A lot of them, they do uplift their lifestyle and then they want to uplift their prices. Uh, to to keep the lifestyle to keep on living the lifestyle if they get to a point where your music makes enough money from royalties and youtube that alone can cover those lifestyles because youtube pays pretty well if, if you do it right but that's when again my problem and i clash with a lot of people is when you lose the heart of ministry and a church calls you and you say well this is my fee and if you can't reach it then too bad next that's when you lost the heart of your worship and that's when you lost the heart of who you are as yeah. called by christ because we shouldn't be so high that, that people can reach us because that was not what Jesus did, right? Jesus would, would go to the thousands, but he would stop at the well and say, I'm going to wait here because I have a purpose for one woman. You know, he would um, reach out and, and and feed thousands, but then would stop and say, Zacchaeus, let me go to your house because I need to go there. You know what I'm saying? He, he made himself available um, to where the need was at. And I feel that that's what people need to understand. Make your ministry available. To, to, to the different churches. So the way we work with churches, if we tell them, hey, this is what would what, what cost to bring us. Is this something you can do? Some churches, again, right away will cuss us out and they don't want to know about us anymore. Yeah. But but this, the, the, the churches that are smart and that they're like logical, they're like, hey, we can't- Try to work. Us, yeah, try to work. Yeah, yeah we, we could do this. What, what can we do? Okay, well, we can't bring the whole band with that because I got to cover the guys. But if you could do this, maybe you can bring two band members. We can we try to start working with the church to meet them yeah. where they can meet us to also exactly. be a blessing to them. Yeah. So I feel that when people lose that is when they lose the heart of ministry and the the heart of God for for ministry. Yeah, I think it's I mean the level of like financial like implications such a multi layer because like there's many issues of like people open too many churches and because there's too many churches there's too many small churches so they can't afford providing 
the big services like uh, Anthony's big church too. So there's that layer. There's a layer of people don't want to give as much as they want to. So there's, there's like you said, people feel like they're wasting money when they give to the church instead of looking at it as giving to God. So there's so many layers to that. But um, one of the things, you know, you've mentioned kind of a lot of your, your prayers have been, I mean, a lot of your songs been written out through prayer, like through, through strife and things like that. If you look at, music when i grew up versus music now um the 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 direct um the direct speaking of jesus and jesus's name or invoking god's name or invoking god's character we would say has moved towards using more metaphors than saying direct bible verses or things like that when it comes to your writing process how do you balance like okay like i want to like speak in today's like music language but at the same time like never like some songs never say jesus or you could never even tell it could be like a, a romance song or it could be like a you're not sure how do you balance right. that like i want to speak jesus's name at the same time i want to be modern right i, I think it depends really on the song um i have a song that, that a lot of people love um that never mentions um jesus or god but everybody knows something about god um and there's songs that I'm very intentional in writing about God. I didn't write it with the thought of, let me not bring God in it. It just, it's just the way that it came out, you know? Um, and um, I think, again, there are people that do it intentionally where they intentionally mm -hmm. want to create a song that's very neutral. Like I know our, um, authors that they just want to write neutral songs. Like, hey, I want my music to just go everywhere. And Yes, we're talking about God, but that's and they do it intentionally. Um, me in my in my when I write, I try to be intentional in bringing God in in everything I do, just because that's again my calling and my personal conviction with the Lord. But there are songs that are not going to have Jesus every two word, every two sentences, and they're not going to have a Bible verse every two sentences. Um, and again, it's not that I, I'm not wanting to bring God into the equation; it's just maybe it's birthing out of a prayer. Or is breaking out of a situation that I'm writing, um, where I know I'm talking to God, and I've learned to pray where I'm not like, "Oh Lord, Father God," and Jesus, Father God. When I when you come to the presence of Father God, <laughs> we just thank you, Father God, because we got you know. Because that's what people pray, yeah, yeah. and that's what people want to hear in the song. You know, people want to hear a song like, "Y cuando estoy Dios en el desierto Jesús." Like it's not it's not common sense to do that. So there are songs that I intentionally I write where I was inspired by who God is and and Jesus and boom, I write, and his name is everywhere. And then there's songs that I'm just like, I just wrote about the experience. And although his name is not mentioned, doesn't mean that he's absent to it. Uh, it's like the book of Esther. The book of Esther doesn't mention God at all. Not once. Mm -hmm. You're not going to find Jehovah. You're not going to find God. You're not going to find nothing of that in the book of Esther. But you see God in the whole book of Esther. There's no way of denying God was in that book. There's no way of denying that God was moving everything in that book. Because it's so obvious that it was God doing it, that his name didn't have to be mentioned for that to be a godly book, you know, or a God story. So I feel that when, when your heart is in the mindset of God is in here, um, the song doesn't necessarily have to... Um, invoke, evoke, like, lyrically, invoke lyrically that. Lyrically. Uh, Anthony... And, if, and if, we see, if we see in the Gospels, the, the amount of times that Jesus actually quoted the the torah and other parts of the bible 
was mostly only when he was arguing with the Pharisees going back and forth. When he was talking to the common people, he was talking about sheep. He was using metaphors about Coins. fishing, about this. So it's like, that's that's the importance about the source. Like, if you know this guy's a, a, a believer in God, you don't have to, you don't need, he doesn't even have to say it. You already know. Right. Yeah. Right. The essence of it is going to pour out into it. Yeah. I think it's it's one of those things where, like, people have emotional attachments to old songs which invoke other things to them Mm -hmm. and it's i think it's it's a generational thing that's always gonna happen it's just a natural generation gap where like even me like i hear music that the you know gen z's are listening to i'm like ooh, like ooh, that yeah it's just human it's just human human it's just human nature it's always a clash between the older generation saying we did it right you're doing it wrong young generation you're young and foolish we're old and wise i think that's just a natural thing but i do have a worry because we're trying to be so show God's love currently right now that we're losing God's holiness in our, in some, in some songs. And that's where it's not a lyric thing, but it's a something you can't like, it's like that. It's like that anointing. You can't touch it. Essence. You can't touch it. You can't feel it, but you could, I mean, you can't touch it. You can't hear it, but you can feel it. How do you, how do you, put that into the song so obviously you know we understand lyrics you know could change but how do you make sure that's part of your music when you're writing yeah again i i feel that when we write and because it's it's and, you just to make sure it's just to be i guess clear just to ask you is it you and your wife that write together or is it just you like how does that really work most of the time it's, it's mostly me um my wife will be more like the editor of the song like she'll listen and she'll be like i think we can change this I think you can change that. I think that this will sound better this way. Uh, so most of the time, I just I just write. Um, but and I get what you're saying because I feel that if, if you have a, a ten song project and your ten songs not one mentions Jesus, th- there has to be a point where somebody needs to hear the name that sets people free. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the name that brings salvation. You know, so there has to be intentionality too in in bringing the message into the song and and bringing the power of the name and the anointing. Um, and I think uh, for me, when I write, because again, most of my songs come from times of worship and times of intimacy, there's no other way of me taking out who God is in that because it's flowing from him. Um, one of, um, one of the, 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 the latest songs that, that I, well, the last thing I wrote was yesterday, um, was yesterday night while I was praying. I just, I just felt led to pray, um, and to, and to, to write and, you know, um, just again with the whole purging that God, the Holy Spirit is doing in my life, um, and and really trusting God in this season, um, the Lord has been ministering to me a lot with the verse, "They left me a living fountain, and they made themselves uh, wells, broken wells." Oh yes. Um, and and it, it's been God telling me, "Don't make yourself a, a, a broken well when you have a living fountain in me." So I began while I was praying, I was thinking about that, and I, and I you know I just began to write, Lord. Um, forgive me for leaving you the fountain of life for to create a well that I thought would satisfy me. Um, and forgive me for thinking that what this would offer me was better than what you had given me. And and, and just that, I began to write, you know, um, to the Lord and, and telling him, like, I need you. Like, I can't do this without you. And I wrote it in Spanish. I'm trying to think about it in English. But <laughs> the essence of the song is saying, why would... It's almost this. Why would I leave the fountain to create a, a, a well that, that has water that's not moving, you know? 
Um, so for me to write, I, I need to have the the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I need people to know that this was written in a place of brokenness, a place of worship, and that will relate to the song. So there are songs that people hear that I think that I'm like, oh, that's not the right song for me. And they're over here crying like, that song broke me. And I'm like, how yeah. did that song break you? Yeah. Like, and But because it took them to a place where God needed them to go to because it was intentional about the writing, because it was intentional about the message, because it was intentional about, like, Interrumpe Mi Vida, which is our main song. Yeah. Grace, not great, our main great, song, but the song that song. Yes. <laughs> the song that, that, you know, God used to, to blow up or whatever. Um, people are like, I, I was driving, and everything he said was just like, that's me. Yeah. I'm, I don't have passion anymore. I'm not excited about this anymore. I, I've lost this a long time ago, and I need God to do something in my life. So I think the realness of, of my our story and bringing that into the and believe me we never thought Interrumpe was gonna hit like we were excited to be about other songs we were like oh this is a song this is, a song. This is gonna be your hit single and, and then it turns out that's your yeah hit single. this is it yeah. and it, it was like boom and I'm like this is what people were really the Holy Spirit was really trying to let people know and and, and catch their attention with so as long as we we are connected to God and and we're taking the time to write and being intentional about how we're leading people. And, and for me, it's more like this. My music is gonna reach places that I've never even think is gonna reach. It's gonna reach people in the hospital that are dying. It's gonna reach people that are in a hotel room about to kill themselves. And what is gonna make them change their life? What is gonna make them stop them from killing themselves? What is gonna give them hope when they're in a bed and the doctor's saying, you have three months to live. Mm-hmm. And now we give videos to people and Literally, hey, um, can I send you a video of my daughter in the hospital? She just woke up from her surgery and, you know, the news is not good, but she's singing here one of your songs. Cantarelo Moro Caerán. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah, yeah. Or getting a testimony from somebody in Argentina, a place I've never been to, saying I was going to commit suicide tonight. And while I was sitting in the floor deciding how I was going to do it, a friend texted me your song. I had never heard of you. But in that floor, when I heard a song, we have a song called Guerra Por Mi Alma. Um, that song, you spoke everything I was going through, and I had to surrender my life to Jesus. That's awesome. Awesome. That's life-changing yeah. for us, yeah. because mm-hmm. this is in Argentina, across the world, I've never been to. Mm-hmm. So what would it have been if I would have been intentional and said, I don't want to put Jesus or God in this song because I don't think he needs, needs it? I would just be another song that hits emotions but doesn't bring transformation. Definitely. To what this person is doing. Just to kind of, uh, that's that's really powerful. I mean, I think it's, um, I I can't imagine the weight you feel when you do write, though, because I could I could imagine like you're thinking of all these, and you, I'm sure God brings you to these burdens of people. Now, I would say uh, there's two levels of like worship music i mean there's worship music you know giselle you know my wife she's uh you know we worship leader in the church we were going to Uh and she always says it like there's worship music that it's for like during service and there's worship music that you play on the radio Mm -hmm. and kind of listen to right exactly how do you like where do you like do you feel like you're an artist that's like okay like i'm for radio hit me my heart make me cry where do you feel yourself in that balance of like Am I a, 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 a songs during devotion? Yeah, am I a congregation devotional song? Like, do you do you, I, do you think about uh, that when you write like choruses and stuff like that? Is that something that pops in your head? 
Yeah, so I, I think I do. we do both, right? Um, I like to sing songs where it's like, hey, this is for the car. This song is for, like, jamming in your car. But then I like to write songs that I'm like, this is for you to sing in your church, you yeah. know? So um, we have both. Uh, both We stand in both grounds. So, like, we, we, we have these conversations all the time. We'll be like, okay, this is a concert. No, but we can't do this song because this is more like a concert. Yeah. But we go do this song because it's a concert song. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then this one. Some churches are like, hey, we want you to come and lead worship. And we're like, oh, they want us to lead worship. So we can't do that because that's too much of a concert song. We should focus on these songs for this worship. Yeah. So I think we do both so that wherever we, the Lord takes us, we have the ability to be effective in that field. So if we get called to lead worship, we got worship songs that are congregational. If we get called to just do a concert, we, have, we can set up a whole concert. Um, and there's people that pick a side. There's people that are strictly on worship, congregational worship. Um, which is kind of like, um, I don't know, maybe now a, a Maverick, right? They're strictly congregational. All their songs are 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 targeted to be congregational yeah. songs. That's why now all of our search services is Maverick and Elevation. <laughs> Seriously, and start, <laughs> yeah, because they're being intentional, and it's and you could also see it in the way they do their events and their recordings. It's a group. It's a congregational setting. Um, but then there's people that do just, you know, music for, you know, listening and car and, you know, yeah. um, and that, and that's okay. It's, I don't think any less of a, one is higher yeah. than any the other. They're just talking to different places. Yeah. Um, la- last question to kind of, uh, wrap, wrap it up when it comes to future setting the next generation. Um, I've been thinking a lot lately as my daughter turns three this, this month that I'm officially getting older and I'm an adult. Right. Um, when it comes to grooming that next generation of, of like artists, what would you say is the main, I mean, there's so much to think about, like what genre are you going to choose? You know, what, what is your like niche? What is all these things? How would you say, what would you say to them? You know, to your younger self, even if it was to you, like what would be that one thing that would help them find guidance? Um, I think that the biggest challenge for me with this new generation is, is it goes back to the whole conversation we were having is the, the matter the the matter of the heart the intention of the heart. I think that with this um, new generation and, and the explosion of social media and of quick fame, we we want to compete with that and we want that quick fame, and we'll do whatever it takes to get it. And for me, that's the biggest burden, the biggest weight is saying don't lose who you are trying to chase you know waterfalls is that that one song (laughs) (laughs) you know don't go chasing waterfalls you know like don't go chasing what the world is chasing just because you want to lead them so don't lose who you are in the process so my my the thing that i've been pouring out to most of the people we go is seek god and find out what his will is for your life and he will lead he will lead you like, man, I, oh, man. I, we've seen how God has led us, like literally open doors that 10 years ago I tried to open and he said no. And I was like, but it's now. And he said, no. Now I know my heart wasn't ready for it 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. My heart was ready for it now. So he said, I'm going to open this door now. And and literally, like sometimes I sit in places that when I get there, like the God will bring me back and say, remember when you asked to be here? Wow. And I go back to 12 years ago when I remember seeing a video of that place and I'm like, man, I would love to be there. 12 years ago and now I'm there I didn't even think about hey I wanted to be there now it's like wait I did pray for this but God took me when he was ready so besides the, the genre the, the, 
the style, the niche where you want to be. I think the biggest burden for this generation is don't lose God in the process and don't don't lower your standards to please the world. Don't lose holiness to be in. Don't sell out. Don't sell the gospel because you don't want to be canceled. Because at the end of the day, we're called to be different. We're called to be the light. We're called to, to set a standard and say, I know this doesn't sound popular and I know this is not what you expect to hear, but this is what the word of God says and this is what I've been called to do. And I think that's my biggest burden. So if I can go back and tell myself something, is stay true to yourself and to what the calling of God in your life is. Yeah. And God will take care of it because I feel like that was my main thing. Like, what do I need to do to get up there? Yeah. And it's like, I think it's, God. yeah, I think it's one of those things where like, if we look at Jesus, there was so much craft building and so much studying before he actually implemented his ministry and we were talking about that on a previous guest like we many times have it flipped it over we want one year of uh of building preparation and then 40 Uh years of ministry where um you know real quick prepare for 30 to for a three-year ministry it's and it's one of those things where like we have to be willing though there's access to quick fame many times that's not how god wants to design our our Mm -hmm. our path it's a, a slow, slow, a slow, a slow growth. And, but it's one of those things. Right. And like you said, it's finding your heart in, in any, in any career. Cause you can find success in any career, but willing to understand that success is given and taken by God. And if God wants you at a certain level to be happy there, if God wants you in the millions, be happy there. But when we give right. ourselves to, to God, that's when we find true peace, happiness and joy right. and fulfillment. And I think, that's that's true no matter what in what industry uh job career choice you're doing i think it's really yeah. important that we just play our part and when we play our part holistically we would the church would would gain it get the gain of success because the more god gives you the more the demand there is yeah mm-hmm. so if you don't know how to handle the height you're gonna you're gonna crumble and the fall is gonna be greater so don't 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 walk out of the process go through the process because every process leads you to be um, resilient for the next step of the ladder, yeah. right? Yeah. So if you jump up, but you can't handle the heat and the fame and the criticism, and because people are brutal, people will let you know. Yeah. People don't hold back in the comments. Hey, and the I, I want to see a couple of those messages. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, people are brutal, and they will tell you off. Hey, Christians are, Christians are the most critical. Fight. Christians are the most critical, right? Right. And if you don't know how to handle that because you haven't been processed, you're going to crumble into the pressure of, of because, like my pastor, I was just saying, a well-known saying, um, God can't take you where your character can sustain you. Mm-hmm. Right? Because then you're up here, and now your character is in a line. You don't know what to do, and, and you crumble under pressure, and that's when failure comes. So don't omit the process. Let every process lead you to the next level so that when you get there, and you know when you get to that place, like when we got to the forty thousand people event, and we had to get escorted by police to get in there, and it felt good. You know, what I'm saying I'm over here, you're like, oh, you're talking about that. I was like, you don't think I'm yeah. <laughs> It felt good. But to get on the stage and hear thousands of people singing your song, but still look up and say, God, this is you. Yeah. This is you. I I didn't be I didn't belong here. I don't deserve to be here. This is only because of your grace and mercy, and be able to get off. And the next day, go to a small church and still give the same energy, same hundred yeah. percent, because you understand that 
this doesn't make you anymore. It's not about the people. It's not about the fame. It's not about the accolations. It's that you fulfilled your assignment. You were faithful to what God called you to do that day. And then tomorrow, you just got to fulfill the next assignment. Amen. That's it. Amen. Well, Nathanael, we're super excited for these these releases. These, this next seven months is gonna be is gonna be an exciting yes. seven months. We're super excited, and we do appreciate you being part of um, Beyond Four Walls, and have hopefully get to you on again. Amen. Thank you guys for having me. It was a great time, and I pray that God will be with you.